video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when uh, you want to watch Hello, it. my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we take you through the new releases on Blu-ray and DVD. Yes, oh, they are yeah. still making DVDs. Hell yeah, they are. Uh, today's <laughs> a very light week for releases. Yeah, yeah, we don't have a ton. Yeah. Usually, usually we can't fit it all in, but yeah. I think we'll be able to fit it all in this week. And, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... We should start off right from the top with something that people will recognize from a company that we talk about endlessly. <laughs> it's Kino Lorber. Yep. But specifically, this is not the regular Kino Lorber, no. is it? This is Kino International, which is their foreign, yeah, international cinema line that mm. unfortunately we have to import from the U.S. There's no Canadian distribution. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of pricey. I'm just going to throw that out there right well, up front. Most American uh, Blu-rays that you have to ship in don't usually ship from Amazon either because I think there's like deals and you would have to order them from like Amazon.com. Exactly, yeah. No, we have a really great U.S. supplier Mm -hmm. and he gets us all the stuff that our Canadian suppliers don't have distribution for. Most of the big labels we can get through Canadian suppliers except for there's just a lot of specialty stuff Yeah, we have a really good U.S. guy for. Which is, this is not specifically, I would say, specialty stuff, because it is two films by Yorgos Lantimos. Yep. Dog real Tooth hot right and now. Alps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he made The Favorite. Yep. Uh, he has an adaptation of a Jim Thompson novel coming out. Oh, is that what he's Population, doing like, 128. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very excited I'm, for I'm that. I'm intrigued by that. Are you a uh, Lantimos head? I was. Oh, you I, were? I hate The Favorite. He got to too popular. You know, I liked yeah. it before he was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Actually, my favorite, I, I really love Killing of a Sacred Deer, and uh, I know a lot of people yeah. weren't into that. But the favorite just didn't do it for me. I just didn't. Because people didn't were loving it. You were like. funny about it. I just thought it was so Do you like Alps? Funny. I do a... like Alps, actually. Yeah. I think Alps is really fun. I think it's kind of an extension of Dog 2. Mm-hmm. But it's I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, um, where it's people that are uh, taking place of the recently deceased for yeah. the families to allow them to transition <laughs> easier. Well, I think it's more pure comedy yeah, than Dog yeah. Tooth. I agree. I mean, there's a lot of funny scenes where these people are just like sitting in these like widowed people's homes, just yep. like really deadpan. And... I mean, everybody is super <laughs> deadpan, so like deadpan. every movie that he makes. Yeah. And Dog Tooth was the one that really like broke him internationally. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to learn that it wasn't his first film. He had made a bunch of features no, beforehand. Yeah, been pretty active in mm-hmm. Greece beforehand, but none of those are available on any kind of format here. So it's like Dogtooth is kind of almost like the first movie yeah. made for North American. And for people that don't know, Dogtooth is about um, a bunch of adult kids that are raised by parents who trap them in their home yeah. and creating their own like universe where there's different um, names for stuff like phone so if they escape they can't ask for exactly, a phone because yeah. they wouldn't know what it is. Oh yeah, it's a really bold and wild kind of absurdist mm-hmm. comedy idea that's also really Very dark, dark and disturbing especially <laughs> yes. as it gets towards the end but yep. I mean it, you can see why it landed him on the map mm-hmm. immediately. I was blown away by it when I first saw it. And these two releases actually have what I always ask for ask for <laughs> to the heavens. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Which is Ask Kino Lorber and yeah, uh, Excuse me, I am a Kino Lorber uh, <laughs> purchaser. Biggest fan. Um, there's audio commentaries yeah. with critics and film historians, even on Alps, which is that extra mile, yeah. which you don't usually see with these. So Alps is on Blu-ray for the first time with this. That was only on DVD. Dogtooth mm-hmm. was on Blu-ray before from Kino as well, but they have added these new, like, 
anniversary extras. Yeah, a lot actually. Yeah, so it's not a bad, it's not a bad deal if you don't have the film already. Too, mm-hmm. it's a good way. Or if you're interested in this film, I love Killing exactly. of the Sacred Deer. Um, it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> and the and lobster. I, and the lobster. Yeah, I love both of those. So the Killing of a Sacred Deer. I saw it Tiff. I guess yeah. a couple years ago, and the audience reaction was so good too. Because I find as he gets bigger, mm-hmm. more mainstream like an older kind of crowd was out to this so they were like shocked just there for like nicole kidman colin (laughs) farrell and they were not there was a lot of uh, distaste after the screen really so you were like Like soaking in those troll vibes there was a lady behind me who was so offended that people were laughing throughout it (laughs) but it's so funny i know and i was like sorry i mean (laughs) sorry you don't get it yeah sorry you don't have a sense of humor (laughs) next up we have a film that it has to be a dvd release right only (laughs) american (laughs) Hangman. No, there is a blue. <laughs> wow! <laughs> American Hangman is a very late entry in the, I guess, saw exploitation. <laughs> yes. It's a saw movie. I feel like it's Canadian. Oh, it, it is, is Canadian. film a, right there. Yeah, a Canadian movie called American Hangman. Yep. It's like, listen, it takes place in America. Yeah. Um, it's stars. I say star very shakily. Yeah. Donald Sutherland, as someone who abducts, um, I guess, uh, no, he no, is abducted. He is abducted. He's a judge he's right? a judge yeah. by a guy who um i guess he puts it live on the internet yeah, so he kidnaps him he puts him like in a locks the you know, ties him to a chair yeah. in the basement and live streams this trial yeah i'm gonna for, kill him yeah because and, of a bad decision he made or something so i mean that doesn't sound good at all looking at these photos that he picked it looked like it was shot in like 2002 oh my god with yeah. early error digital cameras yeah exactly uh this was directed by the man who made gooby yes so if people don't remember gooby how would you describe it Gooby is probably it, the, the scariest, scariest film you've ever seen. The scariest children's film I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Only because um, it, you know, the title character Gooby, who is like <laughs> Robbie Coltrane, and like, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's not it's Robbie Coltrane's voice, <laughs> but it's, it's this not big Robbie guy, Coltrane. It's this guy in a, Gooby. In, a, in a Gooby suit who's got these wonky eyes, and I don't know, he's supposed to be cute or something and he's an he imaginary is, friend he's an imaginary friend and yep. he's terrifying if you look up gooby and mm. have nightmares for weeks but he's not imaginary because eugene levy who plays exactly. the crusty old uh, i don't remember what he is yeah, can know. see him i don't him. remember much about the plot no honest, just the, that horrifying, just, just horrifying face do you think american hangman takes place in the gooby verse like gooby so. shows up at the end oh, or donald if, sutherland is like you don't know who you are i am gooby <laughs> Breaks out into Gooby. Gooby. Breaks out. I'm also shocked this is released by Echo Bridge, who mostly yeah. do public domain stuff. Yeah, they, they've gotten into newer movies mm. lately, so they are putting... But it's usually, like, really crappy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they put out... Uh, another good one they put out at Christmas a couple years ago is that Michael Shannon movie, Pottersville. Oh, the Horrible one about where Christmas he gets movie. drunk. Yeah, which is really entertaining. In, yeah, like, Pottersville. Way, but I also, th- American Hangman, though, does star Vincent Carthizer. I, I don't know who that point. is. He is from Mad Men. Okay. He's got a He's got. Uh, he plays Pete on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Anybody who watched Mad Men will know. But he was also big in the '90s because he was in a great uh, movie, another kids' movie with Patrick Stewart called Masterminds. Yes. Did you the, ever see that? I haven't seen it, but that's the uh, one that yeah. Patrick Stewart it's talked like about. Die Hard in a school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like Home Alone is how oh, they sold yeah. it. Home yeah, Alone yeah. meets Die exactly. Hard. Exactly. And Vincent Carthizer plays like the punk kid who's like kind of the, <laughs> the John McClane of this movie. Yep. Anyways, for you know Vincent Carthizer heads out there. Uh, you, a to... double billet with um, <laughs> toy soldiers. Yeah, like exactly. the 
other kids exactly die hard films. Yeah. Doesn't he have like the gimmick is he has like a remote control for I the whole house, so. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard interviews where Patrick Stewart was like, Yeah, I put all my money on Masterminds to be the next big hit that would take me to the next level. <laughs> I know. And I loved that movie when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> really? can't imagine what that's probably on one of those like I own three VHS. Oh, so. I have the VHS of that. So, so whatever yeah, movie but... I have, I love. <laughs> yeah. Uh next up is Book Smart. Uh yep. the I guess it could be pitched as Superbad, Star Women, directed by women, actually much more uh, interesting than Superbad. Yeah, that's you know that's what it's being billed at. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Superbad. No, I don't, I don't really like Superbad. Really Did you like Booksmart? Um, I haven't seen Booksmart yet. Oh, I love Sorry. I know. Booksmart. I hear it's great. It was really I hear great. It's really great. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that like. When you start watching, you'll be like, eh, this isn't as good as everybody said, but then it like escalates as it goes, nice. and all the little details from before get bigger and bigger until it just like really nails the ending. And it's really funny. Nice. It's two friends. They go out um, over a night looking for a party, trying to fit in all the partying they skipped out uh, on during high school. Yeah. It's actually a great reason, too, because like they work so hard at high school to get into good universities, and everybody else that slacked off also got into good um, <laughs> universities, and they're right. like, what? We worked so hard, and they got into <laughs> yeah, that is a great premise. It is actually like real life. Okay, probably because they're rich and then yeah, exactly. the people could pay their way through <laughs> yeah, university. That is exactly real. So life. it's out on Blu-ray. Tons of special features. Yeah, uh, commentary, deleted scenes. Um, yeah, Olivia Wilde, who directed uh, the film, is all over this bad boy. So highly recommend if you didn't check it out. I feel like it's one that. I don't think it really discovered its audience in yeah, theaters. Yeah, there was a lot of press about how like poorly it did in theaters, which mm-hmm. I think was blown out of proportion. Yeah, by, it always you is. You know, it got that whole like misogynist backlash mm-hmm. about like, do we know, need another yeah, version exactly. of Superbad? It's, it's really like, well, always that's... Ir- and I think overshadowed a bit of its release. Yeah. So check yeah. it out on Blu-ray. But for like a small indie film, it still made like a decent amount of money. It made for yeah. theaters. It's just pe- it's like people were thinking it was going to make like super bad type money mm-hmm. and then like it didn't and then they're like, "Well, this is a failure, but it's not." Those people and are terrible. Those people are stupid. So. Mute or yeah, no, exactly. unfollow on yeah. uh, Twitter and so, Facebook. But yeah, check it out now if you didn't. Before. All right, and back on the DVD train. We got a lot of direct to DVD and Blu-ray films. One of those kind of weeks. Cuz we have a Jean Reno picture. Yeah. Uh, Jean Reno who I have not seen anything in a long time. He still does a lot, but... (laughs) They're all directed DVD and Blu-ray. I don't know. It's called Cold Blood, and it... I mean, the DVD cover is pitching it as... I guess they're trying to piggyback on the Liam Neeson Cold Pursuit. it looks exactly styled after Cold Pursuit, the Mm -hmm. way they've made this uh, cover. And uh, Cold Pursuit, which was a remake that the director remade his own film, which I don't remember what the original title Uh, was. I think it was In Order of Disappearance. Yes, and I actually really liked In Order of Disappearance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't check out Cold Pursuit because it looked like a shot-for-shot remake of that movie. (laughs) But you probably have an order of disappearance in the store, right? We do, we do. So check that one out. And double bill it with Cold Blood. Cold Blood. I mean, Jean Reno, it seems like they're also trying to make you remember those, like, Crimson Rivers and, like, those type of Do people remember, like, Crimson River 1 and 2? It's still popular here, Yeah, Uh, Yamasaki. Yeah. (laughs) Jean Reno starring uh, (laughs) Luc Besson joint. Well, I'm glad that he's still making movies, even though that I have a feeling this... Wow, it's in English. It It is is. not a French production. It's English language, yeah. That's shocking. Jean Reno for a bit, he was on the top of the world, like Godzilla. I just want... Love Jean Reno. What does he want? Uh, French coffee? or good coffee or something like that. Um, He was in the spotlight as 
the go-to French guy, and then for a while it was uh, Czech Cario, yep, who, yep. who was the go-to French guy. Exactly, yeah. And then, uh, well, I'm glad that he's still making movies. He's still doing I want to well. be positive on this podcast, I do too. not go I do like, too. you know what? Yeah, Ooh. you can't hate our genre now. Yeah, you can't, unless he just has done bad things he, that we don't know about, yeah, which well, he may have. Okay, we'll come back to that. <laughs> and next up, we have Darling yeah. uh, from Dark Sky. Now, there's been a lot of movies uh, named Darling. There was one Mickey Keating film yes. in black and white that which came I liked, out. Which I like. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what? Mickey Keating gets a lot of hate. He does but, get a lot of um, hate. <laughs> I have a soft spot for him. I like that film. I it was Probably stylish because people and, you know. dislike his work so much. Yeah. Like, even Psychopath, I was like, him. yeah, they really hate him. Uh, I enjoyed. And Darlin, this version, yeah. uh, was uh, stars and was written and directed by... Pollyanna McIntosh, and it is a sequel to The Woman, directed by yes, Lucky McKee. Which was also sort of a sequel to Offspring. Yeah, Offspring. Um, I always get, like, the packed whole, Offspring yeah, confused. The, like, Jack Ketchum-verse. So it's, yeah, so the whole Jack Ketchum-verse. I don't know, is this one also based on an actual Jack Ketchum? No, book, I don't or, believe so, because oh, no, Jack Ketchum characters. had yeah. passed away by true, that point. True. So... I mean, The Woman was a movie I really liked. Uh, I felt really conflicted about really? The Woman. Really? Yeah, I feel like it it's obviously going for some really it's it's treading some really fine lines yes um and for me it didn't totally work parts of it worked but i thought there was like too broad glibness to it yes didn't work for me and also these i remember the screen i saw it way back in the day mm-hmm. there was just a lot of laughter from the audience oh wait so you were the woman moments. that was seeing the uh killing of the sacred deer then. yes exactly and i was like uh i don't know like just you know I, it I, is a fine line really yeah. hard at like women getting beaten up it's yeah. just like really there was a bit of a glibness to it that mm-hmm. i don't think they were intentionally no. trying to be glib about but that it's i think the audience for that kind of movie at least at that time was not getting yeah that. they weren't and ready it was, for it it brought out the worst and at least the audience that i thought with that's like seeing a quentin but, tarantino film and people that well, are laughing no, and you're I had like the same Oof. thing with quentin tarantino yeah hateful eight like when jennifer jason lee was getting beaten up people were laughing through that and I'm like, yeah really? <laughs> i mean the woman I, maybe a... it's discomfort but yeah i, I don't know. i think it's, it's discomfort yeah. it's like people don't know how to react and that he's kind of like mm-hmm. or even lucky mckee they're Breaking stuff you're yeah. not supposed and to I see do on like screen. Key usually, so yeah, the woman being a film about a kind of like feral woman that's captured by a family and abused. That's and abused, essentially yeah, yeah the and plot. The kind of turns the tables, but mm-hmm. this one, I mean, is interesting because Pollyanna McIntosh, she was the star yeah. of that is in control of this film, mm. directing it and everything, and starring in it. And this so. one, the plot is about that same character from the yep. previous film. She took one of the children with her, and they went into the forest, yep. and now she goes to, I believe it's um, like a nunnery, yeah. and she yeah. drops the kid off for an unspecified reason that people don't know about. Yeah. And the movie eventually reveals it, but yeah. I, 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 you know, Lucky McKee's film, this also happened with May. Do you remember that I love May, the star yeah. of May directed a film yep. that and starred Lucky McKee? Yeah, Roman. Uh, called Roman. Kind of like it's really low budget. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I love that kind of like, not just continuing the story, but sometimes like looking at it from a different angle from yeah. a woman's perspective. Yep. For a film that was very like female centric originally, but directed totally. by a man. Yep. So yeah, uh, darling, don't pass it up. I get if you yeah, see the woman. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear pretty cool mm-hmm. things about it. Yeah, yep. it's been playing the festival rounds. I think it was at Fantasia a couple months ago. And uh, then we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Are you mm-hmm. an Elvira person? You know what? I am so not versed in Elvira. No, I don't me know neither. anything about Elvira, but I know she's like obviously a huge deal. So. I had this on DVD when, um, remember when Anchor Bay used to put yeah. the six packs out yeah. where you would get like six DVDs and <laughs> Elvira was one of them. And I don't, like I, I, it was difficult for me to like 
understand, not understand, but I, I think I like missed the boat in the same way that like MST3K did. Yeah. Because her like gimmick was that she would kind of like a horror host at the beginning of a show and make jokes about the movie that you're about to watch. Like she gets st- got started like MST3K's public domain. Yep. And she's still doing it. People love oh, absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. And she was popular enough to get her own theatrical movie. Yeah, which, which is, has always been a pretty big cult hit. Yeah, um, very charming. Yeah. Um, this is a release by RLGA Films and Lakeshore, yeah. I guess. And, and it's like an offshoot of Image Entertainment. Which yeah. Kinda, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, there's not many special yeah, features. First time on Blu-ray and it sucks because because Arrow Video did a really nice Blu-ray. Oh, did the, they? In the UK. Oh, it's in the UK. It's one of their UK-onlys. Really? Because I guess they don't have the rights in North mm-hmm. America. So this is actually the first time it's been on Blu-ray in North America. And yeah, it's unfortunate it's really a bare-bones affair. <laughs> I and love it, that. Image doesn't really do much for their release. <laughs> I love at the back it says, Alive is a hilarious, over-the-top comic creation. Toronto star. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's for those Canadians <laughs> yeah, in the audience. Exactly. Toronto star, the, the trusted uh, critical source. Does it even have a name or is it just no it doesn't (laughs) we know who it is i mean if people haven't seen it this is a great way to kick off halloween Mm -hmm. and um get like spooky uh with you know campy comedy spooky yeah up next criterion with the release fists in the pocket this is one that i remember the first time i heard about was pauline kale uh talking about it one of her reviews Mm -hmm. directed by uh Marco Bello Chio. I know I'm saying that name wrong. Yeah. Bello Chio, is it? And this is one of, like, he's one of those directors who's still making movies today. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's got a new movie at TIFF. TIFF. And it year. feels like he never really, like, got that art house success that no. the other people did. Yeah, I don't know him as well as, mm-hmm. like, an Antonioni or, yeah. you know, Fellini. And he does a lot of, like, um, really twisted family dramas. Like, this is what this one is. Tormented by twisted desires. A young man takes drastic measures to rid his grotesquely dysfunctional family family of its various afflictions. Yeah. <laughs> this is from 1965, too, so he was making when they were all coming out. I think he was popular enough to be able to continue making films. Yeah, totally. But, like, in He's North America, he never had, like, an Antonioni or, no, or like, a Fellini. Over, really. yeah. And this is kind of, like, the only film of his that's <laughs> made more of an impact over here, only because Criterion's really gotten behind it. Um, yeah, it was released like on DVD big. a while back, yeah. and now it's coming out on Blu-ray again with a bunch of special features. Mm-hmm. So if you need to scratch that kind of, like, art house itch, I mean, I would recommend checking out fist in the pocket great yeah. title that yeah, i always really get is. wrong i'm always <laughs> like fist in his pocket fist in a pocket, pocket. <laughs> yeah sounds like an action film of yeah, some kind really i'm does. ready to yeah. burst out <laughs> i can't wait for like the bruce willis film with that title <laughs> yeah, the remake of it so up next we have a blumhouse title ma ma yeah and you've seen uh, ma what I did you think of ma. it i had to review it uh, back when it was in <laughs> i had to review so, it yeah, yeah are you are you a blumhouse it. fan i do not like Blumhouse. really why because I find they have a very there's just a homo- homogenous yeah to the style of them mm-hmm. that unless you're Jordan Peele which, yeah you know Get Out us uh, I really dig and some of their indie stuff I know he gets behind like their Blumhouse tilt stuff like he produces Crete movies with yeah Plass, which I really like he's got some stuff but for their main their like kind of studio yeah. stuff that I think Universal puts out. Mm-hmm. 
I just find the style of it very almost TV, kind of like how I find like the Marvel universe, or, mm-hmm. like the Conjuring universe. There's this like style to What's it. What's weird just about that really work is that like Blumhouse, people like to talk about how their model is make film for cheap, yep. spend their entire budget uh, to get it back. I love Happy Death Day mm. one and two. You know what I do like? I haven't seen the second one, but it's I, did, crazy. I did like the first. Not Happy really Death a horror Day. film, which okay. is really um, ballsy. It's okay. like a time travel like comedy, like yeah. very complicated. Okay, well but, I like that in the first. I thought it was a good throwback. To mm-hmm. like scream, but with like a time yeah. travel aspect. I, it, I did like the treating its character movie. seriously. Yeah, that was that was a good. And movie. I mean, I love their model. What people don't talk about is it's actually like a graveyard for directors who have failed and want a second chance. Yeah. So for <laughs> Ma, it's directed by it's interestingly directed by Tate Taylor. Who's yeah. More of a prestige yeah. Oscar bait director. He did the, the help. help and. Um, he did another oh, Get On Up with the James Brown Yeah, movie, I think, but those weren't successes, so he more, finds himself yeah. at Blumhouse while the help was. Yeah. Usually it's like directors who had one big hit, yeah. and then they struggle. Oh, he did The Girl on the Train, too. That oh, really that's Blum right. Movie, which also didn't do well. Yep. So, so now he's kind of... At Blumhouse. At Blumhouse. But you know what? I did enjoy Ma. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that style was kind of there that didn't yeah. really do it for me, but Octavia Spencer kills it. Mm. She is so good, creepy, weird, yeah. funny... Do you know where I saw her recently was in Spider-Man, the oh, Sam okay. Raimi one. Oh, she's, she's the one that it. signs up you know Tobey Maguire. Yeah, you know, she pops up in so many small, <laughs> yeah. like, one-scene roles in movies from back then. So it's really good that she can finally headline movies, and, and she's just so Taylor. good, yeah, too. exactly. Uh, I mean, the thing that I found problematic is, like, ah, it's the guy from The Help who made this movie. Like, yeah. it'd be fun if it was, you know, someone that's actually, I don't know, not white. I, know. <laughs> I mean, him and Octavia Spencer go way back. Yeah. Like, they were, like, college roommates or something. So I bet you it was like Octavia Spencer or him that got yeah, him the gig because exactly. they were able to make it that way. But no, I've always I always thought that was strange about the help too. Mm-hmm. It was a very like white yeah look white. At. I mean I know it's based on his personal sort of mm. upbringing experience, but it's still like you're kind of like the what like the Emma Stone character. Yeah, in exactly. As a director, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's you know I've actually never seen the helps. So <laughs> These judgments. I, this is, I know. I'm sorry. I'm passing judgment over multi million dollar. I feel that you could here. like what you're saying right now. If you watch it, you'd be like, yes, this confirms my yeah, opinions pro- on that's that. That's what I think. But Ma, I did really enjoy. I thought it's it's a really fun thrill ride. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, a fun thrill fun ride. Thrill ride. Put it on the Put cover. That, yeah. I'm going for those quotes. You know. Does Blumhouse have any films coming out this? Um, Halloween? I don't think so. I passed yeah, out. Question. I passed on. I passed out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> From fear on uh, Hellfest that came out yeah, um, last I, year. Which it's looked, funny. That got like atrocious reviews. Yeah. When we got in here, it seemed like there was a bit of a cult following to it. Like, yeah. Some people really, horror fans really did get behind it. I so. mean, the idea of like a film that takes place like at a haunt and there's a murderer going around like murdering that. people. Yeah. I like that. People said that one of its issues with like the kills weren't that fun. But I read interviews uh, from the director and he was like really jazzed about making the movie, mm. which made me go, mm, maybe I should check it out. Yeah. Because like I just recently watched Bloodfest. Did you see that one? The Rooster Teeth film? No, no, it's okay. okay. Yeah, it feels like those internet videos. Mm-hmm. But like I love the idea of like um, slasher horror films taking place in theme parks. Oh, totally. Especially no, like too. modern I think day they ones. Need to bring that back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fun house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where it's weird like cannibal monster things <laughs> yeah, exactly. that are running around. Um, um, you know, the next Blumhouse movie, though, mm. was supposed to be 
The Hunt, actually. Oh, yeah, that The was, Hunt. That, I just thought of that right now. Do you yeah. know what um, graveyard director made that? The guy who made Z is for Zachariah. Yes. And um, he made that one that was about um, the McDonald's. Yeah, uh, Compliance. Compliance, yeah, Which yeah. I actually really liked. Um, mm-hmm. And he actually made a film before that, too, called Great Wall of Sound. Yeah. Oh, I like Great Wall of Sound. Which is really good. I really like that. About two, like, traveling Oh, man. The salesmen. Hunt looked like so much fun. I know. Until then, Donald Trump started uh, yeah, tweeting exactly. about it. Who knows when it'll come out? No, you got, like, Joker coming out, which, like, it's a hundred times worse. Like, you know, the disaffected white, you Mm -hmm. know, crazy person, and that's fine, but the hunt is not. Come on. I mean, the Varsity Cinema in Toronto already has my my, my money for the ticket for the 70 millimeter presentation (laughs) of the Joker, which never made me laugh harder than the trailer ended. It said, like, see it in 70 millimeter. And I laughed really hard, and then I went, oh. I am going to see it in 70, 70 millimeter. I'm the clown. You are from auteur Todd Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The man, I read somebody on Facebook recently saying that they were in L.A. and uh, Todd Phillips opened the door yeah. and he took out his garbage. And the guy was just like staring at him probably because yeah. he's like, do I know this person? Todd yeah. Phillips was like, what the hell are you looking at? And then he walked away. I totally believe that. That's, yeah. Todd Phillips made that cool J.G. Allen. Uh, he did. He was a cool documentarian. Mm-hmm. And he had that frat host doc. Yeah, that was, that was not yeah, glorifying. Frats no, either. I know, which is a really mm-hmm. so he was actually kind of edgy, you know, yeah. at first, and then he just <laughs> glad we could come got in to and Hollywood, defense, yeah. defend Todd yeah, Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be too hard on Todd. I mean, speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, uh, you also got Mary Magdalene. <laughs> yeah. uh, look at that smooth transition. I know, the I know. We're, so do, we're doing, doing well at this. Oh no, eighteen plus Dove approved. Yeah, it's funny. It's Dove approved. I didn't even know this movie was a thing until mm-hmm. we brought it in. I guess it played some festivals. It was sitting on a shelf for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's funny. Yeah, it's got one of those Dove approved stickers on, which they always put on these Christian movies. Mm. But it is R rated for like really? violence, so it does have this Dove approved eighteen plus though. So <laughs> they're okay with the violence as Dove long approved. as it's in a Christian sense. Dove approved. Yeah. Um, it's like I don't know, like late night collection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is one that uh, stars Rooney Mara, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Chiwetel. Ajia for uh, Tahar Rahim. Yeah, great, great cast. cast. Uh, unfortunately, for most of the reviews that I read, they said it's basically just like a straightforward yeah, like Christian it's movie. It's not supposed to be very. And I think the director is a kind of middle of the road sort yeah. of guy. Which uh, is such a bummer because it's that cast you would help, hope for like a Passion of the Christ like yeah, uh, yeah. taking <laughs> yeah, of blood the movie. Fest. <laughs> <laughs> blood fest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Joaquin, you know, doing his thing. Doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, they're two great actors. I mean, every now and then I get like an itch to be like, I want to watch some Bible movies. It's weird. I still have not seen the original Tenth Commandment. Shocking. Yeah, I haven't either. Because it's actually. like three it's hours just, long. I never saw it as a kid, and it's yeah. just one of those now, like, to go back and. But watch I recently um, did an episode on the Important Cinema Club of like Jesus on film and like oh, how okay, he's portrayed yeah. in multiple ways. And I watched like the greatest story ever told, yeah, which has the most insane that. cast. It's like three and a half hours no, long. So long. See, uh, I prefer my like Jesus Christ superstar. Like, I can get it. Yeah. That, that version. Yeah, of Jesus, yeah, yeah. You know, that fun. Fun hippie Jesus. <laughs> Fun That's hippie what I Jesus. Like. Yeah. Uh, not the one that ends with um, yeah. John Wayne as the one who pierced oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mary Magdalene. It's out. I mean, for people that were, because uh, I was like, when is this coming out? And yeah. now it's out on Blu-ray. And now it's out. Other releases that are coming out, Nightmare Cinema, mm-hmm. which is an anthology film, which I'm always wary about. They're all the rage these days. Why? There's so many anthology horror coming out. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty hit or miss with them. I yeah, find. I mean, this yeah. one has a lot of people that I actually like. Like, I like Mick Garris as a person, yeah, as a filmmaker. Me too, me too. Uh, 
mean, he's just yeah. But, so, but he does um, shoot the segment with um, Mickey Rourke as an evil projectionist, which is pretty cool in itself. And I mean, yeah. this one. I mean, this is like the kind of anthology film that. It's almost as if it was like created for me because it's like Joe Dante. Love, love Joe Dante. Joe Dante uh, yeah. Yue Kitamura, who I also love yep. a lot. It has the guy who did um, One of the Dead does a short. Yep, he's cool. And but, David Slade. And David Slade, too? who I really who I like. Those like. are all yeah, filmmakers yeah. that I like. Exactly. And the problem, I think, is like budget, from yeah. what I hear. Is not that Even bad. though everybody is just like swinging for the fences. So if you like those filmmakers, I would definitely give this one a rental. Um, exactly, This yeah. is the, um, a Canadian release, isn't it? Because I can find almost yeah, no information so, about it. Yeah, I don't know if there's a U.S. one as well, mm. but it's, yeah, from Cinedime, who actually is a U.S. company, so I think it's probably... The U.S. There. release. Yeah, but um, it's pretty cheap, though, too, even if you just want to blind buy it. Mm. Um, I think yeah, it's like twelve ninety five, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's real, uh, what, sorry, I, mean, I don't want to say any prices, no, but yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. Blu-ray, even, I think, is like fourteen ninety five. dollars Okay, super yeah. Cheap, but, uh, so if you want to get um, your Halloween season start, are you some who watch, tries to watch horror films during oh, yeah. the Halloween season? Definitely, definitely. I made October a list on Letterboxd. Like hardcore. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, <laughs> films to fear in Halloween. Yeah, and I and I there were so many that it's like 113. <laughs> and these are like the deepest of cuts. Oh yeah, and well, a, that's a thing now. It's yeah, like we all watch so many horror movies like every October. <laughs> like, all right, let's do, let's start digging. Yeah, I've been getting into like straight to or shot on video stuff. So nice. this is a whole Always universe good. for me to explore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check that out on Letterboxd if you want. Films to Fear uh, for Halloween, I think it's what I called it. Do with it. I finally discovered how to use emojis because I saw somebody else <laughs> use it. And I was like, wait, we can do the that? world of emojis. So I put yeah. like a little ghost and pumpkin, a little I axe. know, the ghost is so cute, right? And I, and I felt like a 45-year-old uh, man being like, ooh, emojis. Sending text to your kids with emojis. <laughs> it was like a million emojis. <laughs> Look at all the options I have. Eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. Oh, dad, that's not what it actually is. Uh, and then we have, I mean, another Another horror film, Possum. Did you yeah, see this one? I haven't yet, but I it looks really cool. I love the actor in it, mm. uh, Sean Harris. I yeah, believe, last scene in the Mission Impossible. He's in the Mission Impossible movies, but he's also. I mean, I remember him from this Michael Caine hair, uh, movie, Harry Brown. Oh like, yeah, Michael Caine's like, death wish. One scene is like you know he's some pimp drug dealer. He yeah. just got this one line that was in the trailer like, over <laughs> and over where he's like, "She's my business," <laughs> and it's like I, whenever I see his face, I just hear that line. Well, she's my business. In like a really. Thin yeah, he talks accent, like the same do, way too. He does, yeah. And in Mission Impossible, he's like the same guy. Mm -hmm. so. uh, Possum is, uh, you know, it fits within that kind of sub sub genre of British kind of creepy mood pieces that are yeah. throwing back to a cinema that never really existed. I'm thinking specifically of like Barbarian Sound yep. Studio, totally. And uh, what In Fabric is yep. his new one, which Peter. I don't believe is out yet. It's Not coming yet. out soon. Uh, I think Show Factory actually mm. has the rights or something. Yeah, it's coming, but and. Possum is a super disturbing film where Sean Harris is like a puppeteer mm -hmm. who finds a bag in the woods that has something really horrifying in it, which the bag actually spoils of this DVD. Yeah, I've <laughs> which seen is it, weird. But I read this, this is a whole and um, so, if you want something that's like really like suffocating in the best kind of way, like yeah. you know, when people talk about like ah, this movie didn't scare me, sometimes they don't. I feel like people don't know how to articulate what that means. Yeah. It's like, oh, it had so many jump scares. It's like, what do you want? Do you want like that dense, foreboding mood? Because mm -hmm. Possum has that. Yeah. And it has that kind of like um, unreality as well, right. where it's, it's like, is this real right? life? Is it not? Yeah. Um, I mean, not having seen it, it reminds me sort of something like, you know, 
David Cronenberg's Spider, but maybe a yeah, more, David Cronenberg's Spider. Like, uh, the stuff that Shane Meadows was doing. Like what De- happened to Dead Shane Man Meadows? Because Sean Harris was yeah. in a bunch yeah, of Shane Meadows yeah. films, or even Simon Rumley. That mm-hmm. guy, he did the the Living and the Dead, which seems yeah, kind that's of similar right. to this. But I don't know. It's Simon Rumley did like, Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, which yeah. I really liked. But um, the whole like disturbed young British man mm-hmm. coming back to <laughs> yeah. this like, town. Um, moving on to real terrors. Yeah. This is something that I feel like people probably never thought would actually exist, which is Scooby-Doo. Wait, this is Where Are You? This is a different yes. series, right? Not the original Scooby-Doo. Isn't that the original series? Is it? I think that's the original series. Okay. Yeah. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The complete collection. Every on episode. Yeah. Wow, it comes with a... Scooby, uh, it looks like a Shaggy Doo pop. It does, yeah. <laughs> so it's been on DVD for years, yeah. but now it's in this like Blu-ray set. That's a that's a, a little house. house. It's a little house. Uh, little... Actually, much cheaper than I thought it would be yeah. for the entire series. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, collector set. Uh, apparently, it's limited. So oh wow, yeah. So it might just mean they'll release like a slimmer non-house mm-hmm. version at some point. But... Uh, a bunch of special features, just like um, I guess like featurettes, fifty years of Scooby snacks. What could that yeah, mean? <laughs> It's kind of, oh, wow, it even comes with the Scooby-Doo encyclopedia yep. on it. Were you a Scooby-Doo head? Not really. Man, I use I head mean, so I much on this podcast. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, I saw it here and there when I was Sco- a kid. Scooby-Doo but. was something that, so uh, my parents lived like 50 minutes away from each other, and I would go to my dad's house every week, right. and to get back home to my mom's house, we'd have to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning every day. Yeah. And what that means is we would watch whatever was on Teletoon at 5.30 in the morning, and so a lot of Scooby-Doo, yeah. Scooby-Doo in the Three Stooges. I remember seeing it on Teletoon, <laughs> yeah. like, really early. And yeah. it's funny, because as a kid, like, it never got old, even yeah. though it's the same plot over yeah, and exactly. over again. Doing research on the Banana Splits, and um, which I talked about last week, and kind of obscure Hanna-Barbera characters, yeah. I discovered that Hanna-Barbera created their own rip-off to Scooby-Doo called Dude. Goober and the Ghost Chasers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we have actually ordered that in for people before. That really? is on DVD, yeah. And the, the, the gimmick of that, it's also a big blue dog for some reason mm-hmm. and Scooby-Doo like um, you know detective teens but yeah. the gimmick is that they face a monster who is fake but always team up with a supernatural force yeah. to take out the fake monster <laughs> nice. so I was like oh yeah it should be Banana Splits versus Goober and the Ghost Chasers next <laughs> and then somebody pointed out Mm-mm, Hanna-Barbera also made a show called The Drack Pack oh, which yeah, were a yeah. bunch of like universal monster ripoffs I'm like oh you're right so many opportunities <laughs> give me a call um, I guess Sci-Fi yeah, uh, right? made the Banana Splits <laughs> yeah. and if you're Scooby-Doo. I mean, this is a great present if you're yeah. a parent and you have a kid oh who's like God, just wants right. to watch something because um, you can just put Scooby-Doo on and just let it run. It's the same thing and it's oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great introduction to kind of horror stuff because yeah. you get to see like all the monsters that people know, yep. but also like it's not scary. Like it, it's not. Scary. It lets it's you not... know that it's not scary. Yeah, right? it's kind of a lark, and it's yeah, it's good, great for kids mm-hmm. um, and or an adult Bar- if you like. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, the Hanna Barbera stuff sells really, and they're starting. Really? Put a lot of their stuff out on Blu-ray. Oh huh, wow! Tons of it. Like uh, Johnny Quest came out. That's right, the full a month set. Or two ago. That's something I the, never watched. Yeah, me neither. Except for the new Johnny Quest. Yeah, played exactly. on my TV. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and the Jetsons is coming out mm-hmm. in a few weeks too on Blu-ray. So they're and they sell crazy for it. And wow. Mostly to older customers that grew up with it. I only watched the Flintstones. Yeah, same here. In French, which was <laughs> Le Pierre à Feu, which is a really weird title yeah. um, for the Flintstones. I guess it kind of makes sense. Le Pierre rock, afu, fire. So it's like fire rock. Yeah, fire Flintstones. rock. <laughs> yep. And that would play in French uh, when I would come home uh, as, as well as Batman with Adam West. Right. And I would watch that during my break 
during kindergarten. Yeah. Well, that's a flashback I just I know, had, right? like um, <laughs> a remembrance of, of things past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also from Shout Factory, uh, Squadron 303, which I believe is, I mean... A Polish propaganda film about yeah, a battle it looks, squadron. It's, it's weird. Show Factory's been getting into these uh, European war films mm-hmm. that are really kind of like walking a fine line between like propaganda yeah. and, you know, well, actual like, like artistic war Supposedly films, so. they're making these movies because like, you know, Poland is just made fun of, yeah. especially with their involvement in the world war. So they're like... All right, we want to show what we actually did, and that's totally, what this yeah. movie. And there's another one that came out the same year. Yeah. I don't remember what the title is. Very similar to Squadron 303, also about like Polish like um, air fighters in the air. Yeah, we're getting lists. We don't always bring them in because mm-hmm. they don't always. There's one coming out too. I remember we just got a listing for it with I think like. It's got like Judd Nelson. It's got Judd like, Nelson. It's somebody like that. It's like two really like washed up eighty stars in this like European war film mm-hmm. that just looks really bad. But it's also one that Show Factory is putting out. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that they are grabbing these international releases that otherwise yeah, wouldn't yeah. have any, I guess, presence in North America and allowing yep. them to be put out. Because like, there's a lot of stuff like even from Russia that we never see or like oh my Sweden. God, yeah, I mean, there was a war movie from Russia called T thirty four that mm-hmm. came out recently that well go put yeah. out they're doing some of these too so. there was a um a film from the netherlands which i get i can give like a very like um uh not calculated recommendation be like all right just be yeah. ready but uh, called the admiral i think that's what uh, it was yeah. released uh, yep. and you got it as well yeah. um, not I from shell factory it was like no action. mongrel actually put it mongrel here. yeah yeah so. and that one is directed by um you know Someone I love, Rel Rene, yeah. who um, did a bunch of like DTV films. Yeah. Like he did the um, the Marine Two. He did Scorpion King Three. Yeah, but the yeah. thing about him is that like it's he's like the what if Robert Rodriguez actually stuck to his guns after making El Mariachi and he was like I'm just gonna make action films. Yeah. And he shoots everything himself. He is a director. He's uh, involved as a writer and he yeah. does tons of special features for like the Marine Two, nice. which is tons of fun. And the Admiral is his film where he got a big budget and he got to make like this big yeah. Danish. Uh, again, propaganda about yeah. um, this Danish historical figure who's like an admiral in the navy. Yeah. But you get these giant like sea battles. So if you want to scratch the, um, I guess the master and commander oh, itch, yeah. uh, it the was, admiral. Yeah, it was very popular here when it came out. Really? It was about five years ago now or so. Oh yeah, wow! It rented and sold like crazy. It still does actually. So okay. Yeah. I thought you only had got it like um, I saw a Blu-ray came out like yeah, a few months I ago. Think what happened is Mongrel put it out here mm. initially. It was like a Canada only release on DVD yeah. only, and then. And later, an American company picked it up. Yeah. I think Accelerator. It, yeah, Accelerator. Put out the Blu-ray. Which so. who I only know from putting out uh, Tokyo Tribe. They yeah, put out the they've Shion done some cool Sono stuff, film, but yeah. I don't know if they even really exist that much anymore. No, I don't think so. It, and it, it was a bare bones release, which it made was, me bum me out, because I'm like, this guy only does a special feature. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and then we have television, uh, True Detective Season 3, Prestige Television. Prestige TV, which HBO. I was actually very excited about. Did you watch True Detective Season 1 and 2? I loved Season 1. Everybody did. Everybody did. You're like, when is the love craft monster exactly, coming. Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, I did think the end of it was a little underwhelming. Were you reading, like, like, the Yellow King? You're like, <laughs> yeah, I need all the hints. I know. <laughs> um, and then I watched the first episode of season two and didn't like it. No. <laughs> and just turned it You're off. You're like, and I never Vince watched Vaughn. It. it wasn't even that. It was just, like, 
it just didn't grab nothing about it grabbed me mm-hmm. nothing about it felt realistic in any way or just engaging it just felt like a bunch of characters i didn't care about and I just, yeah it, i couldn't get into it i know it's one episode i didn't give it enough of a shot directed by justin lynn as well who did I a know, bunch of episodes know, of yeah. uh, the first season yeah justin lynn who did it the just, fast and furious films. yeah it just felt like it was trying to be like the first season again yeah but not it couldn't quite do it i mean it. i got yeah. really excited for um a true detective season three when they announced that jeremy gardner was going to direct the first five episodes right, yeah, yeah. then i got not excited when he was fired from the production yeah and which, from people that i know who kind of know jeremy gardner yeah. it was not a um polite like break really yeah because the showrunner took over and he's like you're not doing it the way i want to do it i'm going to do it the way interesting like, yeah it feels like hbo's been the same sort of thing happened with big little lies season two oh Andrea man Arnold that was did you read that article that. that came out about yeah, it that was really that sad sucks. like it makes me hate jean-marc Valley. yeah <laughs> more than, uh, and, like, and david e kelly david the writer e. Kelly. of Lake Placid. Them, you know? like, I know. <laughs> Lake Placid's great. Yep, it is. Um, but yeah, it seems like HBO's been had a few of those uh, kind of creative oh, uh, disputes. The thing about Big Little Lies, too, yeah. as well, is that they've pushed like the woman creative yeah, head which for the great. two men I to come Andrew in. I love Andrew Arnold. I love <laughs> Andrew Arnold and then to lock her in yeah. with the editing but, of it. You know what? I think I'd probably still watch this because it is headlined by the amazing uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, who's great. I love um, him. Soon yeah. to be Blade. Soon to be Blade, yeah. <laughs> Um, You gotta pay the bill somehow. Yeah. And from what I hear, it's like a really good self-contained season. Like, it takes place, like, in the past, a few years after, and then way in the future. Not way in the future, like cyborgs and stuff like that. (laughs) That's the next season. Oh, that'd be amazing. So, I would check it out. You know, the thing that... I actually didn't even watch all of True Detective season one because it was so hyped up. Yeah, and by the time everywhere. I got to it, people were like, eh, the ending's not that hot. So I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I, know, it I mean, but, it seems like they took the criticism of season two, though. To heart, yeah. They really did, like, critic. Nobody seemed to like season two. No, nobody did. a few people I know that are kind yeah, of Yeah, the real, like, contrarians. Yeah, it's people that are like, there's people have told me it's, like, kind of Lynchian, mm-hmm. like, as you watch it, the season two, but I didn't make it that far. But, but true, it seems like for this, yeah. Yeah. Really. It's interesting that they actually, like, it's True Detective, and then season three is very small on the bottom yeah. because they want it to be its own That's self-contained weird. thing. Yep. So I feel like if you, even if you haven't seen the first or second one, you could still check out season three and totally. get the most out of it. And finally, we have another horror film that played at Midnight Madness yeah. last year. Did you see it there? I didn't. I meant to, and I mm-hmm. just couldn't fit it in, but I heard really great things. The Wind, and it looks like they gave it a new subtitle, Demons of the yeah, Prairie. I don't know what that's about. because <laughs> I mean, the cover says, it says, fans of the Babadook and the uh, witch are likely I always want to say the, the witch, yeah. but that's not what it is, <laughs> are likely going to fall under this picture's cold spell. Um, so is it actually like those movies or is it, it just is. because it's like... No, it is actually like that. Okay. I actually really like it for a number of reasons. Uh, some people I talked to were a little underwhelmed by it, but the fact that it's like it's like a time shifted story right. about a woman who's kind of alone in a cabin in a giant plane, and she has like okay. a neighbor like a few miles away. But other than that, it's like a al- she's alone, and yeah. like there's weird stuff happening, and just that like very precise, tight style, which is I mean. I wouldn't compare it to this movie, but it's like Repulsion, which is like, is this yeah. real? Is it not real? And I love movies about that, about yeah, like a lone protagonist, which is, you know, Impossible Horror on Blu-ray, a film yep. that I directed, yep. has a very, very similar good, premise. Very good film. 
available at Bay Street Video. It is, it is. Uh, to buy or rent. Yep. Buy it. Um, so many special <laughs> features. But The Wind is also directed by a new director called Emma Tammy, and I feel that her perspective on it is kind of like The Babadook. Like, it's not something that male directors of movies like Impossible Horror <laughs> yeah, um, don't have. Douchebag director. And I feel like it's one that, like, years from now, uh, The Wind, people are going to be like, oh, did you see The Wind? Yeah. Like, this is a really interesting film, and um, unfortunately, like, it wasn't a huge hit when it came out. I don't think it got much of a release, no, a theatrical okay. release. Yeah, I think Mo- I think Mongrel actually Ooh. put it out briefly. Not a big years, fan of this very goofy cover. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they added Demons of the Prairie on there. I guess yeah. they thought The Wind was just too generic of a title. At like, Midnight Madness. I like simple, small titles. Yeah, at like Midnight that. Madness, they were trying to give out um, little booklets that okay. have, like... Because in the film, she gets a booklet that, like, categorizes all the demons that you mm. would see, like in the prairie and I love that kind of like folklore stuff Um, and this is packed with that kind of stuff at least the cover is not the woman being dragged into a room (laughs) which was on the cover of Mike Flanagan's Absentia which has nothing to do with the movie movie, love Absentia alright so those are all the Blu-ray releases for the week I said we had a slow week but um, we padded it out somehow (laughs) we we were able to do it Uh, so now we go to stuff that we want to recommend. Oh, wait, we missed one. Oh, we missed I'm, one. I'm, I'm lifting up the piles. <laughs> and it's the Manson Family Movies. Yeah. Um, released by Cult Epics. And you see that title and you assume that it's like actual home movie footage. It's not. It's not. It's faux. Yeah. It's, yeah, faux. Kind of similar to, you know, Jim Van Bever's mm-hmm. The Manson Family. I like The Manson which Family. Which I really like, yeah. too. I haven't seen this one, but I know it's got a bit of a notoriety for mm-hmm. trying to be this realistic, you know, Yeah, it came out in 1984. Style. So yeah. And uh, as it says in the back, they shot at all the new locations. Do you have like a Manson family? Um, I guess like appreciate appreciation, yeah, uh, or like fascination with them because that's something that I, I never had. Really, yeah. yeah. I think it's hard not to. Mm. I, I mean, I've always been interested. You know, I've spent hours at night on crime library and stuff really? looking at serial killers. I was stuff. never a true crime person. Really, yeah. yeah never I just find it me. really scary mm-hmm. in like a real life way. <laughs> I want to get spooked before I go to bed. The Mans- especially what the Manson family did mm-hmm. and how vicious and vile those murders actually were. It's just so shocking and horrible. And then just from where it's came from yeah but maybe, yeah i can't say i don't i'm not fascinated yeah. by it perversely maybe i was uh, turned but, off when i think one of the first encounters i had with the manson family was as a teenager seeing the movie live freaky die freaky I've do you remember that? that the stop no. motion film where oh i believe billy God. joel armstrong yeah. goes the voice of um yeah. it's incredibly violent too yeah. and I, I wasn't familiar with manson at that point i lived in a small town to know that stuff so mm-hmm. all that information came from like a satirical oh version God, of yeah. it right. <laughs> and uh there's helter skelter with yep. um steve Railsback. Yeah. As Charles Manson, which they remade with Jeremy Davies. They too. did. They have two. They have a more recent help. Wow. Too. I, I always right. was fascinated by the miniseries because they didn't focus on the murders; they focused mm-hmm. on the trial that happened. And it's afterwards. very much like the book that mm-hmm. was obviously a huge bestseller, yeah. where it's very factual. Like mm-hmm. this is what Almost happened. And dry in the way yeah, that it's presented. But so disturbing because mm-hmm. of that. It just lays it out. I mean, there's Manson. What was the one that Don McKellar? Um, acted in where he he's like either on the jury or part of the court and like one of the Manson family yeah. people are on trial I've seen that movie too <laughs> and I can't remember what I saw that at TIFF like oh we gotta leave it up ago. it's like daddy's little girl it's something like that yeah I've seen that movie at TIFF and I've not thought about it since he just made it. but uh, this Manson family movie is, is like a big special edition with like director's yeah. commentary cult epics did it they always treat them yeah they a put lot it out before on DVD mm-hmm. but in like more of a bare bones one. Yeah. now this is a two disc special edition I'm sure it has something to do with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you still have on your shelf, um, what was it? The, the Haunting, Haunting of, of Tate. Tate. Yeah, if you want some real exploitative Manson family uh, stuff. Wait, who stars in that one? Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff doing a... A Catherine Hepburn style yeah, accent, really yeah, Sharon accent. Tate, and it's just really offensive um, mm. because you know it's bad. Like obviously yeah. it's just a bad horror movie, but it's just offensive in the way they play it. That like she knew what was gonna happen to her, but yeah, didn't but, do anything to like I just mean, leave the premises. Like yeah. she's having all these like visions, visions of and, this happening with her friends at this place they're staying at, which isn't even her house. Yeah. And she doesn't leave or do anything. Well, listen, so you should buy it at Bay Street Video <laughs> and check it out. It's crazy that mm. somebody thought of this concept in yeah. the movie. Um, so I, Definitely that. they got it funded because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was mm-hmm. being made. Um, totally. I mean, it was directed by the guy who did like those um, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, documentaries. Ferran, who's yeah. a really big fan, which bums me out that the movie... But he's on this thing now where he's on this like weird revisionist true crime because he did the Amityville murders which was like an unofficial Amityville thing I did not know that the Ronald DeFeo murders Mm -hmm. and it does the same thing I've seen that it does it it has this whole new reasoning for why he killed them I don't like that so offensive to like the actual victims and everything Mm -hmm. And then his next film is uh, a Nicole Brown Simpson movie starring, I think, Mina Suvari. Oh, no. And it's, you know, it's going to be the same sort of thing. So Uh, it's just really. How could the screenwriter of of Halloween 6 (laughs) do this to us? (laughs) You hate Halloween 6? Did you see the theatrical and the producer's cut? I've seen both. Neither of them worked for me. We'll we'll talk about that when Halloween comes around again. Um, So now we move on to things we want to recommend, things that we like. So what Blu-ray are you bringing to the table today? Um, I'm going to bring to the table (laughs) the the metaphorical table. (laughs) The Blu-ray of The Loveless, which is Catherine Bigelow's first film. Mm -hmm. She co-directed with a guy named Monty Montgomery, who is a big producer, who I think... I was like, who is that? He was her boyfriend at the time. Yeah, and I think he produced Tulane Blacktop. Mm. And also, for David Lynch fans out there, you might know him because he is the cowboy in Mulholland Drive. That's right. The Which cowboy I never was the white until hat. Until years later, um, did you ever see Scott Derrickson's Hellraiser Inferno, where he rips off that no, cowboy thing from Mulholland no, Drive? No, I <laughs> will watch that though. Now it's good stuff. Okay, but the Loveless. But the Loveless is her first film. Uh, it stars Willem Dafoe, very young Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. it's from 1982, I believe. And um, it's kind of you know she's known for a lot of action type yeah. stuff, and this kind of presents itself like it's some sort of biker action movie, but it, it's not really. Yeah, it's, the way that it's kind of pitched is like a neo kind of like biker. Yeah. Film thing, which is not what it no, is. It's, it's like a day like in a the period life period piece thing yeah. too. It takes place in the fifties, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, kind of a day in the life of Willem Dafoe and, and his, his biker buddies at this like diner, mm-hmm. kind of this roadside diner. Um, and it's really interesting. I really like it. Never gets like a ton of love. And Arrow put a really nice Blu-ray of this out, loaded with special features, and nobody's really buying it because I feel like really people just maybe don't know what this movie is. So. Huh, yeah. I mean, this is William Dafoe at his sexiest. He looks great in it. He yeah. looks great in it. <laughs> he really and doesn't does. he wear like a leather jacket? I would jacket never say William Dafoe With no sexy, shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it all in the love list. He and he's like, I got to be a character actor. <laughs> yeah. I got to wrinkle this up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm bringing to the table, actually, I think there's only a DVD release of this. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, this is in the wave of like um, kind of, unmade movies docs. It started with, uh, I guess, 
Dune, uh, um, yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune. Dune. And then there was also one, I believe Superman Lives, about yep. Tim Burton's Nicolas Cage Superman yep. film. I mean, there's the Richard Stanley one. The oh, that Richard Lost Stanley, Soul, Lost, Lost Souls. Soul, yep. The, yeah, and remember. this one is about uh, a movie that's fascinating, which yeah. is, I mean, if you read Wizard Magazine in the 90s, you read about it a lot. Yeah. It's um, the Fantastic Four movie that is most famous for never being officially released, yep. and that Roger Corman made because he was going to lose the he rights to the Fantastic holes. Four. Yeah. So he had to make them as quickly he had to make a movie as quickly as possible and uh the doc is great because they got basically everyone involved with the film to talk about it and there's no like big reveals to be found which is unfortunate but it is fascinating to see like all the people who made the movie wanted to make the best movie yeah they they were really committed to it yeah and they just couldn't like they didn't have the money there's no budget yeah there's yeah. no budget <laughs> everything was cut and I mean this is a movie that actually has a great looking thing yeah. in the film yeah, like better than bad. any of the no, things that appeared anywhere else uh, Mr. Fantastic and um, I guess the Human Torch not so cool not looking so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a cool looking Doctor Doom as well yeah so um, I would definitely recommend it's a bummer it doesn't come with the movie though I know I really it, wish somebody would put this movie it's, out it's on YouTube I believe it is it's watchable but yeah, somebody it, needs to just put, put it, it out just a DVD yeah I I've seen, I, I think that like the, the people who put this out like through their Patreon, they did one with director's commentary. Oh, cool. So unfortunately, though, even that doesn't look good. Like, mm. I, and I believe it's because the materials don't exist anymore. No. I'm sure Roger Corman didn't take very good care of nope. them. And <laughs> maybe an official release really is impossible don't. as well because Marvel well, can't. Well, that's the thing. Um, it's all tied up with yeah. Marvel, Disney, all that. And yeah, Disney will never let that no. um, be seen. <laughs> exactly. Oh, actually, that was my DVD release that I wanted to recommend. I forgot what my actual Blu-ray release yeah, is. Yeah, what do you got? I got the Universal Horror Collection, which is actually a bit of a misnomer because it was announced as the Bela Lugosi, yeah. Boris Karloff collection. Yeah, had a different cover and yeah. everything. And, and then they... I feel it. maybe, um, I guess, uh, families got involved and were like, you can't call it that. Yeah, or they're... But now they're doing this line of... Yeah, they are. Some, is that part of it? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Because the first release is amazing. It has Edgar G. Almer's The Black Cat, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raven, which, oh, wait, who directed The Raven? Because it's the guy who That's I read an article saying that he ghost directed Detour. Oh, There's okay. no way. Okay. But it's funny that they're both on the same set. The Invisible Ray and Black Friday. All of them really fun, universal horror pictures. I don't have any monsters in it. Yeah. But have that kind of German expressionism look to all of them. I mean, I would have paid this price just for The Black Cat, which is given like a Criterion-style oh, yeah. treatment on this disc um and it there's great documentaries that span like it's like the black cat is part one the raven's part two the invisible race part three so like you really need it in this set i'm sure that at some point shout will probably put them out like yeah. the big ones by themselves i think so but they'll be 32.95 so you might as well just get, as well get this the- set and then they released a part two which um doesn't have boris karloff or uh bella Lugosi, but who's the best guy after that lionel atwell lionel i guess <laughs> So a little more obscure. But, yeah. Um, Murders in the Zoo, The Mad Doctor of Market Street, The Strange Case of Dr. S, and The Mad Ghoul, which I got to be honest, I haven't seen any of the ones no. in volume two. Yeah, it definitely has, hasn't has been selling as well as the Lugosi mm-hmm. Karloff because everybody loves those guys. But there are there is a Lionel yeah. Atwell fan base out there, <laughs> there that is. really has, has been coming in for this. So. And, you it's know, still like a cool looking set. Like on the first one, there's commentary on every movie, new 2K scans of most of the films. Mm-hmm. And like, there, there's two audio commentaries on the Black Cat. That's how much love yeah. that they give to it. Um, the second one, not so much, but there is still, you know, commentary with historian like Murder in the Zoo and the Mad Ghoul. And, you know, there's a lot of universal horror pictures that like, because there's no monsters in them, people don't really talk yeah. about them. So it's nice that um, Screen Factory is p- 
putting these out so they can be discovered. Yeah, we talked about them before yeah. and just like how many of these movies they're unearthing now. And uh, I, The one that I'm waiting for is Murders in the Room War, yeah. which from what I hear, they're going to do their own release of. Yeah. It's not going to be on one of those universal um, horror packs. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, we're going to be off next yeah, week because it's TIFF. <laughs> it TIFF. It's crazy. In we're going to be seeing movies. I, I hear that uh, in the store, it's like Christmas. It is like Christmas. We get flooded here during mm-hmm. TIFF because we get people from like, honestly, New York, LA, or just Australia, anywhere throughout the world yeah. who come here and they're like, we don't have anything like this. New York has no Blu ray or always, DVD yeah, stores from anymore. New York City come in and tell yeah. me there's nothing like this. I'm like, no, no, you're lying. It's true. I was I, there yeah. and there was nothing because it was Kim's video and that closed down. Yeah. So that's gone, which is very sad. Yeah. But, and, you know, thanks. LA's got a little more, I think. So come in if you're visiting TIFF to Bay Street Video. Yeah, to, uh, I'd be like, how are you listening to this podcast? Have you heard about it already? <laughs> know, right? but, uh, it would be awesome if you did come in and say that. Yeah, we got lots of stock of things. Do you have any TIFF recommendations that um, you want to shoot out that you're excited for? I'm excited for? That's... Well, I'm a big Nick Cage fan, so I can't color out of space. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for color out of space. I'm also a big Roy Anderson fan. Mm-hmm. And his new movie about endlessness is playing. So I'm, what I'm Roy Anderson go films do you it. have uh, here? You know what? The thing we have songs from the second floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the living, those two yeah. just for rental though, because oh, the really? DVDs are out of print. Yeah, but even his uh, last film, A Pigeon Sitting on a Branch. Yeah, I can't even remember. What this is. It hasn't come out at all. On really? Your Blu-ray, and it's nothing? fantastic. It's really great. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in, a like, bummer. Europe, but yeah. nothing. Here. I mean, my friend programs so. Midnight Madness, so I'm excited for all of it. Yeah, what about- but what I'm really excited for is Crazy World uh, yes. on the last day, a Wakaliwood film. We talked about it last week, I believe. We did, yeah. And because you guys have the Wakaliwood set that Agfa yep. put out, which I would highly recommend if oh, you're totally. interested in those pictures. I'm excited for uh, My Name Is Dolomite, the yeah. Eddie Murphy um, biopic. Oh, I'm excited yeah. for the new Steven Soderbergh. I'm always excited for new Steven oh, Soderbergh. I'm excited for Uncut Gems. Oh, I'm really so excited for Uncut loving Gems. Loving the Safdie brothers. So. Love the Safdie brothers. Love Adam Sandler. Doing yeah, serious I know. Roles. <laughs> I know. Please do more serious. So no roles. real like shocking um, recommendations I have where I'm like, you got to check out yeah, this like little underground gem. I'm hopefully yeah. to discover some when well, I go yeah, see I'm the sure. movies, but it's tough from the get go. That's the thing. Like there's reading so the so many, and it's like you're like reading the synopses in. in the book, and you're like, wait, there's hints I have. If this is good or not I of know. how they write about it. I just look it. for keywords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what will be uh, next week, and then the week after that, I'm sure we'll have like a oh, double well, size. We'll have a lot. We have to, to go about. through all the stuff. A lot of kinos coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vinegar syndrome. We haven't yeah, talked about yeah, them yet. Yeah. So very excited about that. So until next week, my name is Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Check out Face Street Video. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.